Eve goes to New York. Part 14. It felt like two solid hours, give or take a five-minute powder break, for the mayor of Devon to lecture the boys on the ethical consequences of running a fakeness teenager contest. It was obvious how much she loved her sister, Glenn Sabine thought he'd give her that. But this went way beyond protection. This was obsessive sibling disorder, or whatever the psychological term was for a woman like Juliet Jones who marches through a dingy neighborhood in Queens in broad daylight and barges in unannounced to warn him and his fried fish of an assistant of wrongdoing. He could tell she was holding nothing back, venting all of her frustrations from childhood until the present day like an out-of-control Uzi, peppering bullets of slander at doors, windows, ceiling fans, and whatever or whoever was in range. He had tried to interject once or twice but was shot down each and every time. It was like sitting before a firing squad, blindfolded and gagged with a stuffed bandana in your mouth, and letting the shooter take practice pops at random body parts before the real execution began. His chain-smoking imbecile of an assistant just sat there with his tail between his legs and his mouth shut, like a nude portrait model. Finally, after she had said her piece, Juliet Jones rose to her feet. That covers it, gentlemen, she said with a dignity that had been stripped and stolen from Glenn Sabine's soul. Either you're running a real contest or you're playing some kind of cheap, and dishonest, game. Sabine had had enough. It was bad enough that he had lost precious time practicing his golf game, but he needed no one like Miss Jones to come around and wave her little pretentious license around like she owned the place. Goodbye, Miss Jones, he said, mustering the tiny bit of pride that was left in himself. After she had gone, the raging inferno inside of Glen Sabine would not calm down without a good jug of the hard stuff. Problem was, the room only had water and he had maxed out his tab at the front desk. Water would have to suffice. And water, it would be. He whirled on setter with his hands on his hips. No, he hadn't. Had Pike actually touched his precious putter and was, at this very moment, setting up for a shot. Had the man absolutely no morals? Well, Glenn bellowed. Drop that silly stick and say something. Pike's head was down for the shot. Then he let it loose. Tap. Four, shouted Setter like he was on the back nine at Augusta. The golf ball rolled across the carpet. And wouldn't you know it? It clicked precisely into the shot glass. Lucky shot, Pike. Lucky shot.